we know is the truth that makes us free, and we want it. It's All Relative is a podcast to encourage a life aligned with God's Word. God is the author of relationship, and understanding His Word brings clarity in uncertain times. The truth and the way is Jesus Christ, the door to eternal life. Your host, Sheridan Lyons First, will share conversations that are controversial, funny, uncomfortable, and even taboo. We will host guest speakers sharing real-life stories while applying practical sense to complicated and false ideology. In life's journey, trial, tragedy, and triumph are all relative and a common ground for us all. We create cycles as parents uh, that continue, go from generation to generation to generation without even realizing it. Because we're dealing with spiritual laws and we're dealing with natural laws. When we're dealing with spiritual laws, we can't change the laws of God to comfort ourselves as far as, as sin is concerned. There's consequences to the things that we do when we do wrong. There are consequences. Yes, God forgives us. When Jesus died, he removed sin so we can repent, be done with it, no, therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But that does not stop the consequence. And what I want to talk about is Colossians 3 and 21 where it says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. And I want to talk about how as parents we can provoke our children. When you look at the word provoke, I've wondered, what in the world, how do you provoke your kids? But it can happen and it does happen and it's been happening for, for centuries, forever. Now the Bible says, no longer shall the children's teeth be set on edge because the fathers ate sour grapes. So the children are not paying for the sins of the parent, but those sins will affect the children. They're not paying for the sins. That doesn't mean they won't be affected by it. We'll look at David's family. David was the king. Uh, he called shots. He did everything he wanted to do. He was the law. When you look at his family, and the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart, and I use him a lot simply because a lot of people refer to him when you talk about the sin issues. It's always, well, you know, David was a man after God's own heart. They did this, they did that. And, you know, God said he was a man after his own heart. So God really loved David, even though David was sinful or kept sinning or kept doing the wrong thing. You know, God kept taking him back. So people use him as an excuse to continuously sin. But that's not the will of God. The Bible said that he that is born of God does not commit sin. If we're just going to continuously sin, then Jesus cross, being on the cross, dying on the cross was in vain. Because he paid the price. So we wouldn't have to pay the price of death, which is death for sin. When you provoke your children, which is what David did, let me, let me go to his story first. David decided one day that he was hanging out in Jerusalem. He saw a woman on the, on the roof. We know the story of Bathsheba. He 
took another man's wife, Uriah's wife, and he laid with her and, and, and she got pregnant. Now, while David was doing this, uh, um, Uriah was a soldier in his army and Uriah uh, was devoted. He, he was a man of integrity. David tried to cover his sins. Okay, now mind you, David has children. These children are seeing this parent do this stuff. As parents, we need to be careful of what we allow our children to see us doing. Because it's a contradiction for us to say, don't do this, don't do that. And then they look up and we're doing what we told them not to do. Children pay attention to that. They may never say anything, but they do notice it. And sometimes when they get older, they will tell you. But he decided he was going to cover up his sin. So he had Uriah come uh, uh, to his house and told him, hey, why don't you go hang out with your wife? Because if he does that, then if anything happened, say she did get pregnant, which she did, there would be no, it would be a question mark as far as, you know, who the baby was because, or she could exactly say, well, you know, this is Uriah's son or because we were together. So David was just basically trying to cover up his mess, which is what happens a lot when we know we've done wrong. We go through the process of lying and trying to cover it up. Lies are only told to cover up something or to hide something. So after he decided to uh, uh, trick Uriah into going home, Uriah, because he was a man of integrity, he would not go home. He slept at David's door because his attitude was if the army is fighting, I'm not going to go and enjoy myself with my wife. I'm going to stay here and fight too. Or else I'm going to sleep with it. I'm not going to go enjoy myself. Basically, what was his attitude? Then David called him to his house and tried to get him drunk. He did get him drunk. And then again, he tried to take him and send him home to his wife. And Uriah still wouldn't go. So David tried to cover up his, his tracks. It was just not working. Not with this man. And maybe God was allowing Uriah to be this way to maybe stop David from doing what he was going to do. But he kept on being persistent and covering up his sin. So then he decided to put Uriah on the front line in the army to purposely get him killed. And it did happen. So you have David doing all of this undercover iniquity and then trying to cover it up. Mind you, his kids are probably watching him do all of this. Then his son, Amnon, rapes his daughter, Tamar. Now, Tamar was Absalom's sister. They had the same mom. Tamar was not Amnon's whole sister. They had the same father. But still in all, she was his sister. They had the same father. So Amnon decided to trick See, because daddy is tricky, not a son is being tricky. Trick his sister into coming. He pretended he was sick. You see the pattern? He pretended he was sick to fool his sister to come over and fix him a meal. When she came over and fixed him a meal, he raped her. So now the father is committing sin and covering it up purposely manipulating the situation so he can have his way or do what he wants to do. Now here we have the son doing the same thing. So after Amnon raped Tamar, Absalom 
heard about it. He heard about it from her. Once David heard about it, the Bible says he just got angry, but he did nothing about it. So you have Absalom, the son, looking at the father saying, okay, my sister's been raped by my brother and you do nothing. Do you see how David is provoking his children? So Absalom obviously is, is thinking, okay, my dad is, is nothing. Look at what he's doing. So Absalom takes matters into his own hand and he kills his own brother for revenge. Now, when God sent Nathan the prophet to David to tell him about what he had done so he would know God knew what he had done, oh him as a judgment, but as a consequence, the sword will not leave your house. I'm going to raise up enemies against you in your own household. And that's what happened with Absalom. He eventually tried to take the kingdom away from his, his father after he killed his brother. He tricked his brother into coming to a party, and then he told the man and commanded the man, once he gets drunk, kill him. David's sons were rulers also. So they could issue out commands and orders just like that. So when he came back, he went in exile for three years because he ran scared. He thought his dad was going to kill him for doing what he did. But David embraced him, let him come back. And that's when he went about his business to take the kingdom away from his father. So you see here a provoked son by a father. We cannot tell our children to live one lifestyle and we live a completely contradictory lifestyle in front of them. We cannot expect them to do what's right and we can't do what's right ourselves, especially if we name the name of Jesus, especially if we're telling them that we belong to God. Many of us have grown up in, in, in situations because of of those types of instances kids grow up carrying grudges you know they can't get over the discouragement the bible said don't provoke your child unless they be discouraged lest they lose confidence become frustrated with you or even angry with you don't provoke them to that anger which is what david did and because his son was angry with him, he went. He did a lot of different things against his father. And we also have to make sure that as parents, we're not competing with our kids. There are parents that compete with their children simply because the child has another stab at life. The child has another, uh, uh, or, or they have youth. The parent can't go back and relive their youth. And if the child is living a life that the parent should have lived. Sometimes the parent gets angry. Sometimes they even get jealous. And that's when you hear parents putting their kids down. You ain't this, you ain't that, you ain't gonna be this, you ain't gonna be that. Or they're bitter because of whatever didn't happen in their life. You ever seen older, bitter people? Some older people get bitter simply because of what didn't happen in their life. They're living with regrets. They didn't do what they should have done. And now they're feeling like they're too old to get it done. So they look at a person of youth and they despise them. 
So then they go about their business to put you down, call you names, tell you what you're not going to be. So now they're trying to kill any dream that you have simply because the dream they had died. Or they, they think it died. Or they allowed it to die. Then you have a child that grows up holding these grudges and then they have children. Now all of these past hurts and wounds that you inflicted are now going to be passed to their child unless God intervenes with somebody that can tell them, hey, just because your father didn't pay any attention to you or didn't come around you, don't make your child go through that. You know how that felt. So don't put that on your children. Then that child may grow up and be a very good parent. Complete opposite of what they had, which does happen. Or even with your your sons, you have to be a, a good example in, in front of your sons or daughters. But as a single mom that raised sons, I can talk about that issue. I know about it. Just because you're raising sons does not mean that you can't teach them how to be good men. You can't teach them how to be a man, but you can teach them how to be good men. I was determined that my sons were not going to grow up and be some woman's nightmare. Abusive. Neglect their children. Those are things that you can instill into your child whether they be male or female, whether you be male or female. And as a parent, we owe them that much. God has been giving them to us or loaned them to us for that purpose. He entrusted us with this, this child, and it's our responsibility to raise them up in the way that they should go. And we can't do that by provoking them. Showing them a life that is opposite of everything that comes out of our mouth. Because we all like to put on fronts and make everybody think we're doing the right thing. We're living our best life. You know, we do all these Facebook posts. But behind the scenes, our children are seeing something completely different. So I admonish you, change, repent, and change. We can do that. God has given us the ability to do that. Jesus has made provision for us to do that. And show your children the person that you want them to be. Just wanted to share that with you. That's all. Bye-bye.
provoke our children. When you look at the word provoke, I've wondered what in the world, how do you provoke your kids? But it can happen and it does happen and it's been happening for, for centuries, forever. Now the Bible says, no longer shall the children's teeth be set on edge because the fathers ate sour grapes. So the children are not paying for the sins of the parent, but those sins will affect the children. They're not paying for the sins. That doesn't mean they won't be affected by it. We'll look at David's family. David was the king. Uh, he called shots. He did everything he wanted to do. He was the law. When you look at his family, and the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart, and I use him a lot simply because a lot of people refer to him when you talk about the sin issues. It's always, well, you know, David was a man after God's own heart. They did this, they did that. And, you know, God said he was a man after his own heart. So God really loved David, even though David was sinful or kept sinning or kept doing the wrong thing. You know, God kept taking him back. So people use him as an excuse to continuously sin. But that's not the will of God. The Bible said that he that is born of God does not commit sin. If we're just going to continuously sin, then Jesus cross, being on the cross, dying on the cross was in vain. Because he paid the price. So we wouldn't have to pay the price of death, which is death for sin. When you provoke your children, which is what David did. Let me let me go to his story first. David decided one day that he was hanging out in Jerusalem. He saw a woman on the on the roof. We know the story of Bathsheba. He took another man's wife, Uriah's wife, and he laid with her, and and, and she got pregnant. Now, while David was doing this, uh, um, Uriah was a soldier in his army, and Uriah. Uh, was devoted. He, he was a man of integrity. David tried to cover his sins. Okay, now mind you, David has children. These children are seeing this parent do this stuff. As parents, we need to be careful of what we allow our children to see us doing. Because it's a contradiction for us to say, don't do this, don't do that. And then they look up and we're doing what we told them not to do. Children pay attention to that. They may never say anything, but they do notice it. And sometimes when they get older, they will tell you. But he decided he was going to cover up his sin. So he had Uriah come uh, uh, to his house and told him, hey, why don't you go hang out with your wife? Because if he does that, then if anything happened, say she did get pregnant, which she did, there would be no, it would be a question mark as far as, you know, the baby was because or she could exactly say well you know this is Uriah's son or because we were together so David was just basically trying to cover up his mess which is what happens a lot when we know we've done wrong we go through the process of lying and trying to cover it up lies are only told to cover up something or to hide something so after he decided to uh uh trick Uriah into going home. Uriah, because he was a man of integrity, he would not go home. He slept at David's door because his attitude was if the army is fighting, 
I'm not going to go and enjoy myself with my wife. I'm going to stay here and fight, too. Or else I'm going to sleep with it. I'm not going to go and enjoy myself, basically, with what was his attitude. Then David called him to his house and tried to get him drunk. He did get him drunk. And then again, he tried to take him and send him home to his wife. And Uriah still wouldn't go. So David tried to cover up his, his tracks. It was just not working. Not with this man. And maybe God was allowing Uriah to be this way to maybe stop David from doing what he was going to do. But he kept on being persistent and covering up his sin. So then he decided to put Uriah on the front line in the army to purposely get him killed. And it did happen. So you have David doing all of this undercover iniquity and then trying to cover it up. Mind you, his kids are probably watching him do all of this. Then his son, Amnon, rapes his daughter, Tamar. Now, Tamar was Absalom's sister. They had the same mom. Tamar was not Amnon's whole sister. They had the same father. But still in all, she was his sister. They had the same father. So Amnon decided to trick See, because daddy is tricky. Now the son is being tricky. Trick his sister into coming. He pretended he was sick. You see the pattern? He pretended he was sick to fool his sister to come over and fix him a meal. When she came over and fixed him a meal, he raped her. So now the father is committing sin and covering it up purposely manipulating the situation so he can have his way or do what he wants to do. Now here we have the son doing the same thing. So after Amnon raped Tamar, Absalom heard about it. He heard about it from her. Once David heard about it, the Bible says he just got angry, but he did nothing about it. So you have Absalom, the son, looking at the father, saying, okay, my sister's been raped by my brother, and you do nothing. Do you see how David is provoking his children? So Absalom, obviously, is, is thinking, okay, my dad is, is nothing. Look at what he's doing. So Absalom takes matters into his own hand, and he kills his own brother for revenge. Now, when God sent Nathan the prophet to David to tell him about what he had done so he would know God knew what he had done, oh him as a judgment, but as a consequence, the sword will not leave your house. I'm going to raise up enemies against you in your own household. And that's what happened with Absalom. He eventually tried to take the kingdom away from his, his father after he killed his brother. He tricked his brother into coming to a party, and then he told the man and commanded the man, once he gets drunk, kill him. David's sons were rulers also, so they could issue out commands and orders just like that. So when he came back, he went into exile for three years because he ran scared. He thought his dad was going to kill him for doing what he did, but David embraced him let him come back, and that's when he went about his business to take the kingdom away from his father. So you see here a provoked son. 
Fire Father. We cannot tell our children to live one lifestyle and we live a completely contradictory lifestyle in front of them. We cannot expect them to do what's right and we can't do what's right ourselves. Especially if we name the name of Jesus. Especially if we're telling them that we belong to God. Many of us have grown up in, in, in situations because of, of those types of instances. Kids grow up carrying grudges. You know, they can't get over the discouragement. The Bible said don't provoke your child unless they be discouraged. Lest they lose confidence, become frustrated with you, or even angry with you. Don't provoke them to that anger, which is what David did. And because his son was angry with him, he went. He did a lot of different things against his father. And we also have to make sure that as parents, we're not competing with our kids. There are parents that compete with their children simply because the child has another stab at life. The child has another, uh, uh, or, or they have youth. The parent can't go back and relive their youth. And if the child is living a life that the parent should have lived, sometimes the parent gets angry. Sometimes they even get jealous. And that's when you hear parents putting their kids down. You ain't this, you ain't that, you ain't gonna be this, you ain't gonna be that. Or they're bitter because or whatever didn't happen in their life. You ever seen older, bitter people? Some older people get bitter simply because of what didn't happen in their life. They're living with regrets. They didn't do what they should have done. And now they're feeling like they're too old to get it done. So they look at a person of youth and they despise them. So then they go about their business to put you down, call you names, tell you what you're not going to be. So now they're trying to kill any dream that you have simply because the dream they had died. Or they, they think it died. Or they allowed it to die. Then you have a child that grows up holding these grudges. And then they have children. Now all of these past hurts and wounds that you inflicted are now going to be passed to their child. Unless God intervenes with somebody that can tell them, hey, just because your father didn't pay any attention to you or didn't come around you, don't make your child go through that. You know how that felt. So don't put that on your children. Then that child may grow up and be a very good parent. Complete opposite of what they had, which does happen. Or even with your, your sons. You have to be a, a good example in, in front of your sons or daughters. But as a single mom that raised sons, I can talk about that issue. I know about it. Just because you're raising sons does not mean that you can't teach them how to be good men. You can't teach them how to be a man. But you can teach them how to be good men. I was determined that my sons were not going to grow up and be some woman's nightmare. Abusive. Neglect their children. Those are things that you 
can instill into your child, whether they be male or female, whether you be male or female. And as a parent, we owe them that much. God has been giving them to us or loaned them to us for that purpose. He even trusted us with this, this child, and it's our responsibility to raise them up in the way that they should go. And we can't do that by provoking them, showing them a life that is opposite of everything that comes out of our mouth. Because we all like to put on fronts and make everybody think we're doing the right thing. We're living our best life. You know, we do all these Facebook posts, but behind the scenes, our children are seeing something completely different. So I admonish you, change, repent and change. We can do that. God has given us the ability to do that. Jesus has made provision for us to do that. And show your children the person that you want them to be. Just wanted to share that with you. That's all. Bye-bye.